Welcome to the podcast that could kickstart your career, energise your employment prospects and generally sort out your working life. I'm Laura-Jane Filatrani and this is Careers Talk. In this week's pod, I'm joined by guest Claudine Love, who's stepping into Kerry's shoes as Kerry's taking a break. Claude is a commercial manager here at The Guardian. Hi, Claude, and welcome to the pod. Hi, nice to be back. Claude is going to be talking about the Q&A we had yesterday, which looked at what happens when women are made the sole earners in a household. And I think she has some personal experience to share on the matter. Yes, I do. It's been cleared by the husband. I have something to say. You've got clearance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As always, we'll be hearing from one of you. And this week, it's Kate McCann, our intern, who's had the honour of picking the poster. We'll find out later who she picked and how the interview went. From all accounts, it was someone who was none too happy with the quality of advice she was given. You do get a lot of patronising advice coming out at you, telling you, you know, not to turn up wearing a tracksuit mm-hmm. to an interview. And it's just old spiel that they're just used to just, you know, passing out to people and giving Mm. out all the time. I'll be talking to careers expert Harry Friedman, who has had an incredibly varied career, which he says makes him the perfect careers counsellor. I'd always thought when I was younger that I didn't know what I wanted to do, and therefore I was stumbling from one thing to another. And I got to a point where I realised that actually I wasn't stumbling at all. What I wanted to do was to have a lot of variety and make a lot of changes. We'll end the show, as usual, with a look at what's coming up next week. But first, Claude, tell us about the Q&A yesterday. What, what was it about? The Q&A yesterday was a really interesting one about redundancy and women becoming the main breadwinner, uh, the number of whom has been rising for a number of years. So we had a whole host of experts, um, 10 in total, so it was obviously close to a lot of our experts' hearts, and it was engaged quite heavily by you guys out there. There was nearly 70 posts in total, so a busy one yesterday. Okay, so what uh, was interesting and stuck out for you during the discussion? A couple of bits, really. I mean, there was one, the one thing I found was quite evident early on in the discussions were um, almost the distinction that needed to be made between those women that are and have always been the main breadwinner. But the purpose of the Q&A yesterday was very much around the enforced, of which we had a couple of really interesting comments, actually. So I wanted to ask you, before we actually talk about your own personal experience, because I do know that you have got personal experience I of do. this... There was a little bit of discussion about redundancy, people that had actually been made redundant, and they they felt quite positive about it. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, the very first post, pretty much, was from a poster called Cole, 1980, who basically said redundancy changed her life for the better. Um, It was a blessing in disguise, and she needed it. And that was reiterated through a number of the posts, that it was an opportunity, a natural review point, to look at your career and look at what actually matters. One of the final posts was very much around that she'd set up her own business. She was never going to be rich off the back of it. That wasn't the point, but she was infinitely more happy in her life. And so it was a a really good thing. Absolutely. But just take you back to the actual Q&A, because it wasn't really supposed to be about redundancy, although that's one of the topics. It was about women that had been forced into the role of being the the sole provider in a household. And so this is something that you could relate to. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the situation was. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When uh, going back quite a few years now, my husband actually took voluntary redundancy. So obviously we discussed that up front, which I think helps considerably. Um, He spent a few months hanging around drinking sherry. Um, (laughs) No, he didn't really, but... um, Surely not sherry. Apparently the best value per percentage (laughs) alcohol drunk. 
That's one of the things he found out during his redundancy period. I'm sure that really em- embellished and enlivened your rich relationship. Though. Yeah, when I'm I got sure. in at eight, nine o'clock at night after yeah. a long, hard commute and a hard day of work. he was on the sofa with a bottle of Sherry and a is. brown paper bag. Anyway, yes, he, um, so he had a few months off while he thought about what he wanted to do. He was not that happy in the job he had been doing. So he realised that he was going to have to re-enter the work market, but as a much lower paid. So it wasn't so much me becoming the sole breadwinner for the time of redundancy because he had enough money to sort of hold his own. It was more when he then re-entered the workplace at a much lower salary that I became the main breadwinner, which was very interesting. It took about two years for him to get back up to sort of his previous earning levels. That's quite a long time. Yeah. So what was it like during that period between the two of you in terms of your relationship? Because it's the the dynamic of the relationship, really, that's an interesting discussion point, really. We don't have any children, which I think that came through in the Q&A yesterday, that it was really useful with, with women that were mothers that they didn't have to worry so much about childminders and they could sort of if one of the children was ill it didn't mean the big debate about who took the day off work so I mean that wasn't an issue for us but um there were definite elements of resentment on on my part and also his but very much unsaid we knew what we were getting into up front when you say resentment resentment for on my part, I was sort of slightly resentful of the fact that we couldn't go to nice restaurants anymore. We couldn't go on massive holidays like we used to do. You know, it's really superficial and I'm quite embarrassed. That's how I felt, which is why we didn't really talk about it because you can't verbalise that in a, in a constructive way necessarily. So it's kind of, I had to deal with that, which is fine. You know, man up and just get on with it. I think on his part, it's the old fashioned, the male should be taking his wife out for supper and that sort of thing, which just didn't happen. Again, we didn't talk about it particularly because there wouldn't be a result. There was no change to be discussed unless he was going to go back into his old career, which, you know, we fully accepted, you know, and he's 10 times happier now than he ever was. So it paid off. So, yeah, you say it paid off. Uh, Have there been any positives that have remained through that period? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I have a long commute into London and, and, and work long days. When he was off work, he did all of the housework, all of the cleaning, all of the washing, shopping, cooking. Absolutely, it was brilliant. I mean, that part I loved. The real positive for me was even when he'd gone back to work, he realised just how much effort that takes. But definite plus point is that he more than carries his own weight now. That never happened previously. He does a lot of the work around the house. So that's a definite plus. Joining us now on the line is Dr. Harry Friedman, one of our career experts. Harry is founder and chief executive of Career Energy, a company which offers tailored careers advice to individuals. Harry has made many career changes in his life and he says nobody needs to work in a job to which they're not suited. Isn't that right, Harry? That's absolutely right, yes. So uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Uh, Before we talk about you, because that's actually what I want to talk to you about, is your your career, just explain to our listeners what your company Career Energy offers. Okay, well, we're, we're a career consultancy and what that means is that we work with people who are either lost or unhappy in their careers, they, they, they're not doing something they enjoy or they don't know what they want to be doing, or they're having trouble getting a job. And really what we try and do is to help them to understand themselves, to take a step back and to look at themselves as objectively as they can, to understand what sort of work they would really enjoy and find valuable, to understand their skills, and if they're looking for a job, how they can communicate that to a prospective employer. 
as you say about yourself, that the fact that you've had so many changes of career yeah. puts you in a very good position to, to give guidance. So can you talk us a little bit about your steps, where you've come from and um, how many changes and just give us a flavour, Harry. Yes, absolutely. I started my career, um, I went to university. In fact, I went to two universities. I, I, I went to Sussex University and was doing chemistry and it wasn't right for me. And so I made a change and I, and I went to Exeter University where I did psychology. And this is now the early 1970s, a very different world, um, I opened a, a whole food vegetarian restaurant catering at the sort of the student population and, and the young people of the local area. You make that sound very easy, Harry. <laughs> it wasn't easy at all, but it was great fun. I mean, we, you know, we were young. We, I was, what, 22, 23, something like that. And I did it with friends. I didn't do it on my own. And a group of people living together, working together and, and having fun together. And it was, it was great. So what, where did you go from there then? I started driving taxis for a while. I wasn't sure what to do, so I started dri- driving minicabs in London for a while. did that for a, a year or two, I suppose. did a little bit of building work and, and other bits and pieces, and eventually went back to the country again and got involved in doing up derelict country properties. So, so far, you've uh, been a restaurateur. Yeah. You've been a cab driver. Yeah. And you've been a property developer, right? And then? I made a complete change, and I went into medical equipment sales. That was quite interesting and quite successful for a while, but very, very different because really I was moving away from, I suppose, being a sort of an independent operator, you know, driving a minicab or running your own restaurant is very much about you and, and your customers, and suddenly you're in a much more corporate environment. Yeah, that is a much more difficult environment. Much more difficult, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It taught me an awful lot. And? There's often a job running a religious organisation. A, 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 a Sorry, a religious organisation? Organisation, yeah, an, an umbrella group for religious bodies, which was a, a charity, something I'd never done before. That really takes me up to, to where I am now, because I got to a point, I'd always thought when I was younger that I didn't know what I wanted to do, and therefore I was stumbling from one thing to another. And I got to a point where I realised that actually I wasn't stumbling at all. What I wanted to do was to have a lot of variety and make a lot of changes. And one day the penny dropped, and I realized, I looked back over what I'd done, I realized that that's exactly what I had done, was have variety, to enjoy myself, to move on when I was ready, to not feel, oh, I'm stuck on a career path and I don't leave, but just to go, off, go on to the next challenge. And when I began to realize that, I thought, well, it would be fun to help other people to be able to understand themselves and to understand their careers. And that's really what took me to, to where I am now at Career Energy. Why do you think people stay in jobs that they don't, they're don't? they not happy in? I mean, obviously the financial circumstances... The financial thing is one. I think that's a number of reasons. There's a huge social pressure to stay in jobs. I mean, from the day you're born almost, you're expected to know what you want to do. Your whole education is driving you towards careers. There is this, this very strong pressure to achieve, a very strong pressure to, to be an economic generator, and at the same time, there's an awful lot of fear of what if I don't? You know, what, what if I'm on the scrap heap? What if I can't get a job? I think mean, it's very sad, really. It is very sad. But, uh, you know, I think what you say is true, that people have a... They're, they're sort of pushed into achieving a goal rather than enjoying the journey. Yeah, so, exactly, yes. And yet, if you enjoy the journey, you're actually much more successful because if you're doing what you enjoy doing, then you do it much better. So what would you suggest to people that are unhappy in their jobs and they absolutely have no clue as to what would make them happy? Where, where do you start? You start by looking at yourself, and that's really why you need an external support, an external advisor, because it's very hard to be objective about yourself on your own. You have to understand, on the one hand, what is it that you offer to an employer, and on the other hand, what is it that the job's got to do for you? What do I want out of this job? And the more you can understand that 
the more you can look at different jobs and see whether or not they're going to do what you need them to do for you. Mm, rather than picking a role. Rather than picking a role. And rather than you know, being told by a teacher or a parent, law is a good career, go and be a lawyer. Thanks very much. Um, you've Pleasure. given us some uh, good good tips and advice. It's been really good. interesting talking to you. So, good. Thank you. Um, you're on the forums anyway, aren't you? So yes, people can yes. email, and you're very very busy, aren't you? We are busy at the moment because there are so many people looking for work. Yeah, it's a tough time. Though. Yeah, it is a tough time at the moment. Yeah. Okay, so right. we'll we'll have you back again. And thanks very much, Thank Harry. You. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks. And now from us to you. It's time for our regular pick the poster slot. This week it's our intern who's picked a featured poster and it's Kate who's joined us in the studio. Hi Kate. Hello. Kate you've just graduated don't you from a politics degree. Yeah. Where was that in Newcastle? Yeah Newcastle. And you are about to take up another internship aren't you? Mm -hmm. Where's that then? At Westminster with an MP. Wow very Mm. exciting. Yeah very exciting. And so you'll you'll be there for the general election. Yeah. I'm quite jealous actually. (laughs) It'd be really really exciting. Okay so can you tell us who you picked this week and uh, tell us why? The girl we picked this week was called Siobhan and she was a recent graduate with a 2-1 in visual culture from the University of Brighton. Um, and I chose to speak to Siobhan because her post on the website was something a little bit different. She was actually very angry and quite emotional about her situation and she felt that as a graduate she should now have had a job and she was angry that she'd applied for places like H&M and Boots and she hadn't been able to get a job in a shop and so she um, has been left to volunteer and work for free. So she's quite angry. I've just graduated from the University of Brighton and I got a 2-1, which I thought was obviously quite a good mark. I'm currently unemployed, although I'm actually volunteering one day a week at the council. And I'm currently on job seekers. I'm finding that I'm in a position that I never really thought I'd find myself in. And it's just, it's very frustrating. And I've had a few sort of, um, I suppose you could say, arguments with people who kind of think that it must be my fault that I haven't done enough or that I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not filling in the forms properly. And another thing is is that you do get a lot of patronising advice coming out at you, telling you, you know, not to turn up wearing a Mm tracksuit to an interview. And it's just old spiel that they're just used to just, you know, passing out to people and giving Mm. out all the time. So what were you hoping for when you posted on the site? Well, to be honest with you, it's actually just to vent just me having a uh, having a rant i'm not really trying to offend anyone that wasn't the idea at all the person who responded to me giving out advice was from you know just a jobs website who's obviously again this is the sort of spiel that i'm talking about of you know change your cv every time you apply to a different job and it's like oh it's the same old nonsense that i've heard before Mm. you actually called that advice mumbo jumbo i think Um, so have you heard the same advice a lot before and and if so what do you think would help graduates at the minute who are in the same position as you definitely volunteering is for me it's a fantastic way to just stop myself from going absolutely stir crazy and i also think It has to come a point where you do need to say to people, look, this is actually very hard for me Mm -hmm. and I'm finding it very difficult at the moment. And to actually reach out to, you know, maybe other friends who might even have jobs because it can be a very emotional process because you do get very attached to the positions that you're applying for because you kind of have a mental image of you doing it and you can almost imagine you know well I'll have to get the train at this time and I'll wear this on the first day and then I'll do th- and then when you either don't hear back from them at all or you do have an interview and they don't give it to you it's 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 very very hard not to feel well useless almost like that you can't do enough and it can be very upsetting and it is 
very, very useful to um, just to reach out to people again. Mm. And I think communication is a, is a really, really good tool in that yeah. respect. That was user Siobhan87 talking to Kate earlier today. So, Kate, unhappy, what can we do for her? Well, yeah, Siobhan was unhappy with her situation um, as a graduate and she felt that she shouldn't have to work for free and she was upset that the advice she felt she was getting was regurgitated and, and not helpful to her personally. Um, so we think it'd be really useful um, to get a live question-answer session next week, which could involve all graduates who are maybe working for free, unpaid internships, volunteering like Siobhan has been doing. And also we're going to start a discussion forum on the website and I'd love to hear from anybody who's in the same situation as Siobhan um, who feels that they have been let down and maybe they're a bit stuck, they don't know where to go next. So I'd ask anybody who was in that situation to get on the site and get talking about it. Well, that's about it. Just enough time to tell you what's coming up next week. We've got the Q&A on army careers, which should have been this week. Sorry about that, but there were some sort of manoeuvres or something and we had to postpone. Also, we'll have a Q&A on improving relationships at work. Atomic Boy has already posted in, in the forums and he's sharing his experience of dealing with someone at work who is patronising, rude, vague and disconnected. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Many thanks to our expert, Dr. Harry Friedman, for joining us on the phone today. And, of course, our picked poster, Siobhan87. And our guest reviewer, Claudine Love, and our intern, Kate McCann. Don't forget, you can find out more information on everything we've talked about and more by going to careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filatrani. Thanks for listening. <laughs>